Welcome to Healthy Point of View Podcast, where we explore the latest trends and topics in health and wellness. Whether you're looking for tips on nutrition, fitness, mental health, or anything in between, we've got you covered. Join us as we chat with experts, share stories, and learn how to live a healthier and happier life. Welcome to a Healthy Point of View Podcast. This is your host, Sam Tejada. Today, we are interviewing our chief medical officer. He is a wellness expert triple board certified cardiologist, Dr. Christopher Davis. Dr. Davis, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Always good to be here and ready to talk, Sam. So good to be here. Oh, awesome, man. We're going to go deep today on some uh, great things about optimizing one's health with amino acids. So with Liquivita, our product, our IV products, we just recently uh, launched our new amino acid blend. Mm-hmm. So we're getting a lot of people, a lot of doctors and, and, and clients that are asking about, well, what are the benefits of amino acids? Like we always hear about, you know, people taking amino acids when they're working out, athletes mm-hmm. taking it, people taking it for other purposes. So today I wanna just kind of like dive deep in and talk a little bit about the science, like what are the benefits that people get off of it? What can we treat with it? You know, just like understand this whole amino acid thing. So uh, let's just start with the basics. I think we start with the basics of kind of what an amino acid is. And I think to make it very simple, um, amino acids are the units that make up proteins, uh, right? Um, Or the units that make up peptides that then make up proteins. Mm. Uh, And I think that's the way most of us think about amino acids as being kind of the backbone of protein. And we get most of these amino acids in our diet. Um, When we're eating proteins, those proteins are digested down into these amino acids. But one of the things that is important, it's not just amino acids are not just what or what are used to make uh, proteins. They're also by themselves that the non-protein functions are things like um, they act as neurotransmitters. Um, they help in hormone formation. Mm. Uh, for example, amino acids like uh, tyrosine. Tyrosine is an amino acid that's used uh, to make thyroid hormone. Okay. It's used to make a neurotransmitter like dopamine. Um, other ones like tryptophan is used as the backbone of serotonin, which helps us feel good and helps us sleep um, when it's converted to melatonin. So there are lots of functions of these amino acids that are not just kind of protein and muscle related, although that is kind of what most people think about when they think about amino acids. Um, there are lots of other functions. They're, they're really involved in detoxification um, of all the environmental things that we're exposed to and toxins that we're exposed to. So um, there, there's a really a very um, extensive role other than outside of the, the, the um protein formation role from amino acids okay so so let me ask you this dr davis is are amino acids a an an important part of the metabolic pathways oh absolutely absolutely um i think that when we think about let's just think about i'll go back to the whole detox pathway with it i think we do a lot in our with liquivita with glutathione well guess what glutathione is a tripeptide right it's made of three amino acids cysteine, glutamic acid, and glycine, right? So that actually, when we talk about pathways, we know that glutathione is a very important molecule when it comes to cleaning out our system detox pathways as an antioxidant. We talk about it as Mother Nature's master antioxidant. Right. Uh, and it binds other things like heavy metals, for example. Glutathione is a wonderful um, binder of mercury and people who have mercury toxicity. So, so that's just one example of how amino acids are important in metabolic pathways. More importantly, let's talk about how our body 
turns food into energy, right? We eat uh, whatever carbohydrates and fats, and those are broken down in our body. Um, and, and in order for those fatty acids to go into our mitochondria, which are the powerhouses of our cells, the powerhouses that actually make this molecule called ATP, if we don't have carnitine, right? Carnitine okay. is another amino acid. Then those fatty acids can't get inside of the mitochondria to get converted to ATP. So guess what? We don't have any energy. We're super tired because we are carnitine deficient. There is a so there's a pathway into the mitochondria that is carnitine dependent. And so if we're carnitine lacking, then guess what? That food doesn't get converted into energy like we like it should normally be done. Wow, wow, and that that's actually part of like metabolism. Yeah. Like it's, there, there's um, an injection that that people talk about the lipotropic shot, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it has the methionine, inositol, choline, mm -hmm. and and when they add the the uh, carnitine to it, mm -hmm. right? It, they call it the uh, the super metabolism weight yeah. loss yep. because it's yep. supposed to spark you know, spike yep. up your metabolism. Yep. So so carnitine is a, takes a huge play on getting your metabolism going. I would assume. Absolutely. So we we want to um, a lot of times when if we were to we do things in our at liquid we'd also call it resting metabolic testing, and resting metabolic rate will allows us to look at whether you're burning primarily fat or burning primarily carbohydrates at rest. You want to be burning. I mean, at least you want to be burning primarily fatty acids. You know, burning fat when we're not in an activity or exercising. Uh, and and in order to do that, you have to have carnitine to take those fatty acids and get them inside the mitochondria. Mm. So absolutely, it's a very important part of the metabolic process. If you're carnitine deficient, then you're not going to be able to carry out. It's called beta oxidation. Not many people understand what beta oxidation is, but it's how we take fatty acids into the mitochondria and turn them into energy. Interesting, interesting. So when, when I talk to a lot of medical providers, like in medical school, they don't go that deep into talking about amino acids. Mm -hmm. But when you really get into like more of the uh, functional medicine side of things, it's a big part of it, of, of getting your body to function. And, and, you know, when we're talking about peptides and stuff, there are amino acid fragments. Just so the listeners have an idea, right? And I don't want an exact number, but how many amino acids are in a person's body. So we all have, we have 20 amino acids. I mean, it's not really a difficult question. There's 20 amino acids, and it's broken down into kind of three categories of amino acids. There are amino acids that are called essential amino acids, um, which mean that the body is not does not make enough of that amino acid. So you are it's needed in the diet in okay. order to really carry out all of the activities. There is a non-essential amino acid, which means that your body makes enough of that amino acid most of the time. And then there's something called semi-conditional um, amino acid, meaning that it's it's needed some when you are at increased times of stress or increased. Uh, times of activity, you're an endurance athlete or a triathlete, so or you have some type of sickness or something like that. So at those times where the stress levels are higher, then you need more of those amino acids. So it's called conditionally essential. All right. Mm. So it really is when we talk about these amino acids, um, understanding, you know, which one of the ones are absolutely necessary that we get in the diet are really important. So the the essential amino acids. So I, I, I always hear a lot of the like the fitness people because, what, you know, you're talking about all the different amino acids. They're always like, oh, I got to get my protein supplement that has the BCAAs. Mm -hmm. what, what is mm -hmm. BCAAs? Right, right. right. So branched chain amino acids, okay. um, and branched chain amino acids are uh, isoleucine, leucine, valine, or the branched chain amino acids, and they are thought to play a really uh, pivotal role in muscle formation. Um, 
I would say, though, we need to be careful, and this is some data that I just recently um, came upon myself, is that um, over-supplementation with BCAAs may cause some insulin-resistant issues. Oh, okay. So okay. insulin resistance. Um, and so, you know, I, I am looking more into that data now. I think it, we, we do need to be careful because I think they're in the fitness arena people are supplementing I mean, lots with the with the bcaas oh, and yeah. there's a quite a bit of data about people becoming more insulin uh, resistant uh, when you're over supplementing with bcaas okay and for yeah. the listeners what what is insulin resistance so insulin resistance is um we can call it pre-diabetes or metabolic syndrome uh, and unfortunately Probably 45 to 50% of our society these days have some degree of insulin resistance. Oh, and it boy. simply means that your body is not able to utilize insulin like it should. So insulin is, should bind to the insulin receptor and then allow the glucose to be uptaken into the muscle cells um, to be utilized. Um, when you're insulin resistant, it takes more and more of that insulin to bind to the insulin receptor to utilize glucose efficiently. So those are people who end up having higher blood sugars because the blood sugar glucose can't be removed from the from the from the blood from the circulation okay. um, because of the insulin resistance. Uh, wow. and so and there are lots of things that contribute to insulin resistance these days. I mean, again, you know, the, the foods that we eat, toxic exposure, vitamin deficiency, vitamin D and B vitamin deficiencies. Um, infections, uh, things like that all contribute to insulin uh, resistance. And, and really, we should all be working towards improving the insulin resistance because it really is a, an epidemic uh, these days. Wow. wow. There is so much to amino acids. Yeah. What, um, what, what foods are like rich in amino acids and what kind of amino to acids? To be honest with you, there, I mean, all foods have amino acids. The breakdown of what type of amino acids are in each food or what's a little bit different. So, you know, and this is a tough subject. You know, I was looking at some literature on trying to determine, you know, when we just take, for example, a plant-based diet or, or a vegan diet versus people who eat um, more or eat meat. And is there a different type of protein structure or amino acid structure that you get from those. And there is some there is some compelling evidence that there are amino acids that, yes, the uh, vegan diet may have a lot of the amino acids, and, oh, have a lot of the proteins, but the amino acid um, concentrations of each specific amino acids are different. So that's a harder question because I'm not sure exactly kind of what amino acids are in, you know, specific foods. I do remember there's a very complex graph in one of the um, one of the uh, uh, references that I was looking at and trying to understand. I was trying to look at where what is more in the plants versus in the meats, and it was very difficult to tell. But it certainly is written about certain amino acids are you're likely to be more deficient in when you're eating, um, for example, carnitine. You don't get a lot of carnitine in the plant. I mean, in your uh, vegan diet. Okay. Right. 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 Now, however, having said that, and you and I were talking a little bit earlier, there's another way to get carnitine, and this is something that was fairly new to me as well. The amino acid lysine can be methylated, meaning you can add a methyl group to to lysine, and it gets converted into carnitine. So that was totally news to me. So this whole process of what we, we hear about a lot these days is methylation, the importance of B vitamins. Right. So that same process that a lot of people are talking about is also very important in converting an amino acid lysine into another important amino acid carnitine that's then responsible for taking these fatty acids like we talked about into this mitochondria and turn it into energy. Energy. Uh, everybody needs energy. Yeah. 
Yep, yep. Your whole body needs energy. That's what it's made out of. Um, so, you know, talking about the foods, I remember um, when the whole big, like, quinoa thing mm-hmm. just started going crazy. Mm-hmm. It's the healthy carb. It's the healthy thing. Mm-hmm. And I started reading about it. So why is this thing so healthy? I like, I like it. My mother would, like, create quinoa salads mm-hmm. with little raisins in it and stuff. And um, so I started looking into it. And I started reading that, like, okay, well, this this quinoa, it's actually made out of a, a bunch of these different uh, amino acids mm-hmm. that convert or break down to, like, a protein or something. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting how, like, a lot of foods do have these different amino right, acids. Right, 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 right. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, obviously, you know, you could get amino acids by mouth by taking some supplementation. You could take it, um, you know, get it in by uh, the, the food sources that you're eating. But some people have, you know, absorption issues, mm-hmm. gut issues. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is uh, getting your amino acids either intramuscular, subcutaneous, or intravenously. Mm-hmm. And um, one, one of the things that we have in our uh, liquid lift and also performance hydration IV drips is the amino acid blend. So I want to right. talk a little bit about the breakdown of that, the yeah. benefits of some of these different amino acids that are in there so people can kind of understand you know, why do we put it in the performance mm-hmm. hydration? Why is it in the liquid lift? Like, how is this helping with people with their endurance, with the recovery process, mm-hmm. all of that stuff? So, yeah, this blend uh, that we came up with um, is a combination of uh, glutamine, arginine, lysine, which we spoke about, and proline. Um, let me just start with, we'll start with glutamine. Um, glutamine is a, extremely important when it comes to, and it's most um, abundant in muscle, uh, but glutamine is very important in muscle formation. Uh, and we know that when it comes to overall health and longevity, the longer that we can maintain muscle mass, um, the the better long the, the longer we live. And from a health, vitality standpoint, all of the studies have shown if we can maintain muscle mass, the longevity longevity improves. As we start to lose muscle mass, a condition called sarcopenia, um, and that's when we start to kind of, I mean, all the, I mean, lots of things from a chronic illness perspective start to happen, and we start to go downhill as we start to become more sarcopenic or lose muscle mass. So okay. glutamine is really important. Glutamine is really important as well uh, in the gut. Uh, when it comes to normal gut function, um, GI tract function, glutamine is really important um, in that from that perspective. Um, arginine, probably as a cardiologist, one of my favorite amino acids because it has um, a primary role of production of nitric oxide. So arginine is converted to nitric oxide, which we know is a very important molecule when it comes to vascular health, right? When mm. it comes to dilating the, the the vessels, the arteries, when it comes to preventing the arteries from being should I say very sticky and, and those things called platelets come in and forming blood clots in your arteries. So Nitric oxide, and not only that, these days we're just finding out, I mean, the many, many different roles of nitric oxide. And so having enough arginine that can convert to um, nitric oxide is really important. Um, lysine, we spoke about, I think probably one of the most pivotal roles of lysine, like we just talked about, was conversion to carnitine, which then Im- improves overall fatty acid metabolism being converted into uh, energy, ATP. Um, also, lysine is very important in skin health. Um, okay. So the combination of lysine, proline, hydroxyproline, and vitamin C, those are the most, those are the four agents that are really important in collagen formation in our skin. So it keeps us looking younger and wrinkle and the wrinkles are less as and we age. Name, nobody wants wrinkles. <laughs> nobody wants wrinkles. So, so that lysine actually plays a role there too. I think the other thing that we've known about lysine and really good data on lysine uh, and other viruses, like the herpes virus, 
um, lysine can actually um, really be useful in treating herpes virus infections, things like shingles um, and other herpes viruses, herpes type one or two um, wow. uh, as well. Um, and then lastly, uh, proline, I kind of mentioned, I think the predominant role of proline as well is in the skin and overall um, skin health. Okay. Wow. What a mix. What a mix. So, so someone who's like a, an athlete doing like triathlons or, mm -hmm. or maybe a, a professional athlete, mm -hmm. you know, when they're thinking about uh, taking amino acids, what, what's going to be the biggest benefit for an individual who, who's trying to like recover and you yeah, know, put on yeah. mass or endurance, whatever it is? So I think out of all of those where I mentioned about the the, um, the arginine and the arginine being converted to nitric oxide, when we talk about overall performance and recovery time, and um, that's where the nitric oxide is just a very important molecule there. So certainly the arginine there, and then the glutamine uh, with, with respect to muscle formation and maintaining muscle mass, um, those would be the two when it comes to the athletes and the performance. Um, I, I think that What's important and what we do here at Liquid Vita, too, is not just about, I mean, uh, evaluating these things and measuring uh, where we are for, with respect to each individual is very important, meaning that we, we really do an assessment of uh, the amino acids. We do assessment of all the micro, um, other micronutrients like the B vitamins and antioxidants. And so we can be a little more dialed in to what each person needs if they have specific deficiencies. So I think that's important for all of the listeners to right, kind of right. know about as well. And that's more of that personalized approach. Now, now for someone who lives like an active lifestyle like that, like what, what kind of frequencies should they be feeding their bodies, these amino acids? Yeah, I, I really, I think that depends on, you, you said something a little bit earlier and I want to kind of piggyback off of that. It really depends on First of all, when we're taking in the essential amino acids in our food, it depends on the quality of the food that we're eating, right? So a, a grass-fed and finished filet versus, you know, a non-grass-fed and finished filet, there's a whole different, you know, macro. I mean, from a vitamin um, content, from the amino acid content, it's going to be a whole different, you know, ballgame of what we're getting. So the quality of the food is really important. The second thing that's really important is that person's digestive system, right? I mean, if they have digestive enzyme issues, that protein could be the best protein in the world. But if wow. they're lacking digestive enzymes and hydrochloric acid and things like that, then they're not going to digest that protein into a form, into those amino acids that get absorbed very well. And then the third thing is as that food gets down, comes, I mean, comes down through that digestive tract, uh, if the digestive system, the, the small intestine has issues with dysbiosis or overgrowth of specific bacteria or other, you know, yeast, the absorption, again, is it going to be impacted there? So, right. so, so there's some other things to think about knowing each individual's, you know, personal makeup will help you understand, you know, I mean, if I know I have all those issues that I just talked about, there's no way I'm going to eat my way to enough of those amino acids. So getting them more frequently is going to be probably something that I recommend. So just understanding where each person is and their underlying potential medical issues it helps right. to kind of really drive, you know, whether it's once a month, once a week, you know, it really depends on those other issues. Very interesting. Very interesting. You know, I, I read um, a few articles before about L-arginine also benefiting, like, um, uh, fertility and there was a protocol actually by dr guy de silva mm -hmm. where he was doing like eight grams of wow. l-arginine mm -hmm. intravenously so uh, i'm i'm 
you know, curious. I'm actually going to do a little research myself to see if there's actual like strong data on it. I yeah. don't know if you know about it. I that. don't know about that, but I would bet you that's mediated through what we just talked about. I bet you it's mediated yeah. nitric oxide Interesting. Um, because nitric oxide has so many beneficial effects. That's a molecule that we can look at from the immune system to the detox system. I mean, it's involved everywhere. We think about it primarily with the um, cardiovascular system and vascular health. But it has so many other roles. So right, right. I would I would bet dollars to donuts would we when we find there that's a nitric oxide mediated process to improve fertility. That's interesting. Interesting. So magic question: What's your favorite amino acid personally? I will say okay. So here's a, one thing I didn't say. Um, it's probably arginine, but the combination of glutamine, arginine, and carnitine, um, that combination, otherwise known as GAC, um, would be one of my favorites. Or the combination of glutamine, arginine, ornithine, and lysine would be, and and the reason is, and I've used these combinations myself. Is personally. it the GAC live that uh, people talk about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and really from a, and the reason is, they are great at naturally boosting growth hormone. Um, and I didn't oh, say nice. that before. So as we think about anti aging strategies and maintaining body composition that where the where you want it to be. Um, the amino acids, particularly the injectable, or we can get them in the IVs, but the injectable amino acids are fantastic ways of, of really increasing growth, growth hormone naturally These using these amino acids and, and really from an anti-aging longevity standpoint, really beneficial. So, so you know, earlier you said that there's uh, about 20 amino acids, different amino acids. There are 20 amino acids. Yeah. And, um, then you look at the peptides and their amino acid fragments, right? Mm -hmm. where, where you look at like growth hormone and it's what, yep. 181 or 91 amino acids? I, I don't fragment. know how many growth, how much GH is, uh, how many um, amino acids. I think it's like 191 or 81, yeah. one of those two. But regardless, like what, what's the difference between amino acid fragment versus actual amino acids? So I think where, where we what you're, what you're asking is the difference between peptides uh, and then these pro so a group of amino acids and I think the number is basically it moves up so up to fifty four, between forty and fifty amino acids is considered a peptide. Okay. After we go over that, they're considered proteins. Proteins. Right? Wow. And all of our, I mean, all of the enzymes in our body, for example, you know, I don't know, insulin, I mean, it's an enzyme, but it's actually made up of amino acids. So, I mean, all of these proteins, we got many, many enzymes that are proteins in our body that are amino acid structures. If you remember, think about, I don't know how many of you guys remember your high school biology class. Um, Amino acids. That was your favorite class? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you want to become a if doc. You, if you had to think, remember we all talked about DNA and we're all made from DNA. And remember, I remember these diagrams where DNA uh, is then converted to RNA, right? Messenger RNA. I know this is getting too well scientific, but I remember these pictures where the DNA was split in half. Okay. And then the messenger RNA comes along. But then that messenger RNA goes to these other places in your cells, the ribosomes. And they're turned, they're red, uh, and they're turned into amino acids. If you guys remember, there's three, these three, what we call, I don't want to get too fan, there's too much science here, but these three codons that code for amino acids. So these three, uh, as as the DNA is translated, um, it's these three uh, codons that turn into amino acids, and they code for these are 20 amino acids. That's awesome, man. See, this is why I love Dr. Davis, man. It's like you just you're bringing it to us, man. The science is there. It's like I don't even know how you remember this stuff, but it's fantastic. Like I'm always learning, 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 learning. That's why I love having you on the podcast. 
So awesome. So L-arginine is his favorite amino acid. Yeah. If I were to ask myself that question, the one that I think is pretty cool is HMB. You know, it's always been like hard to get. Yeah, it's yeah. good for like lean mass and yeah. whatnot. Yeah, 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 which yeah. you know a little bit about HMB. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, right. yeah. But that's not a true amino acid, though, is it? I mean, I mean, that's a, a HMB is actually a metabolite. It actually is a metabolite. I'm not sure which amino acid it breaks down to. So it's not one of the 20 main amino acids. Right. Uh, that's hydroxymethylbutyrate. I, so, I just know they sell it in the in the amino acid aisle at, at the vitamin <laughs> yeah, store. That's not, that's not one of the 20 <laughs> amino acids, though. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it does, I mean, from a from a muscle mass, and I actually have tried that as well, and that's actually, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So cool. So, all right, so we got the, um, you know, the, the liquid lift, the performance hydration with all the different amino acids. Is there anything else that you feel that people need to know about amino acids, the importance of the amino acids, especially when they're treating the patients? Any potential negative side effects of taking amino acids? I mean, there are certain amino acids that if they the levels get too high, I think one of the things that, that comes up sometimes, I mean, there are a few of them, glutamine and glutamic acid, for example. Um, if people are taking too much glutamine, uh, it can, can glutamine and glutamic acid can get converted to, to each other. Uh, and one of the things we have to be, and then it can also get converted to glutamate. Uh, and glutamate is a very, um, it's a, a excitatory neurotransmitter. And so what I've found, and this is actually true in clinical practice, um, there are people who have a lot of anxiety, anxiety issues, and it turns out that their glutamate levels are really, really high. Oh, wow. And some of that may be related to the breakdown of glutamate to GABA. Um, GABA is our kind of calm me down, like chill out, and, um, inhibitory neurotransmitter, glutamate being a stimulatory neurotransmitter. Uh, and there is an enzyme that's responsible for breaking glutamate down to GABA, which is called glutamic acid decarboxylase. Uh, and if you have a genetic variant in that breakdown gene, what happens is glutamic or glutamate levels build up, and glutamine also can make glutamate levels build up. So you can really, I mean, I, and this has happened in practice, particularly a guy who was this uh, athlete, he was taking tons and tons of glutamine. He was having all these issues with anxiety and bipolar, and, and I had him take a picture, I'll never forget, just take a picture of all of his supplements. And he had all these supplements, and, and, and like 10 supplements had like glutamine, five grams of glutamine, 10 grams of glutamine. Wow. And I was like, wow, this is probably a glutamate issue, right? Mr. And so, glutamine. And some of Mr. This, glutamine. Yeah. He's walking around with so much glutamine. <laughs> and yeah. when you checked his like when you checked his uh, glutamate levels off the charts, off wow. the charts, right? And so just tell, like, telling him to pull away some of this glutamine so that it wasn't being converted to glutamate. And another thing you can do with that particularly, if that kind of situation happens, is you can try you can upregulate that glutamic acid decarboxylase gene or that enzyme by just giving people some magnesium and vitamin B6. So we can push that okay. enzyme to work a little better to convert glutamate to GABA. Nice, that's pretty cool. What you're talking about, Dr. Davis, I know that you don't like to just supplement to supplement, no. right? Uh, we like to supplement based off of what the the, the personal need is for that individual. Yeah. So for, for the people that are listening, for the doctors that are listening and, and trying to figure out more about the amino acids and for their patients, what are some of the tests that you do to look at potential yeah. deficiencies or maybe where the patient has too much of a, a certain level that could be affecting them yeah, negatively? Absolutely. There's a couple of different companies that have good, good micronutrient tests. Um, Vibrant Labs has a good uh, micronutrient test. But my late, but I really, I've gone from Vibrant to using a Genova. Or, um, the Genova NutriVal test is kind of my favorite test right now. 
Um, it allows us to look at, you know, vitamins, minerals, amino acids, uh, antioxidants. So we're fatty acids. And so for me, that's my, you know, we talk all the time about looking under the hood. That's my go-to now because, I mean, I really get a good grasp of what's going on from a micronutrient standpoint from that test, from a gut health, looking at dysbiosis markers, from a neurotransmitter standpoint, from a mitochondrial function standpoint, uh, from a toxin standpoint. That one test allows me to look at all of those, all of those issues. Um, and I'm able to kind of come up with a, a strategy to kind of address those things. So it's like really putting a lot of pieces together with one test. I love that. I love that. Awesome. So that that's it right here, man, for the amino acids. Dr. Davis, I appreciate you sharing all of your knowledgeable information to to all the listeners. Where can people find you? They can find me on the Liquid website, uh, and they can find me with my Liquid practice on my, my practice in Sarasota, Florida. That's where I reveal Vitality. So you guys can find me. We're going to be doing... Some really exciting things. I'm really excited about the, what we're doing from a from a health and wellness perspective. We're truly trying to bring true health to all of our all of our clients um, from a different approach, right? It's super important that you know, as a traditional physician, I think we've missed the mark with uh, how we evaluate our clients or patients. Um, now that look under the hood is how we truly prevent disease, as opposed to being reactive um, with respect to what we've typically done. And I know we got a lot of great things in the works. And um, a lot of the people are going to start hearing more about environmental toxins, and we're going to take it to a certain level that no one has really taken it before, where you know people are really going to understand what's getting them sick. So yeah. people need to stay tuned, make sure to follow Dr. Davis, uh, listen, tune in. There's a lot of stuff we speak on stage, both him and I. We're going to be uh, speaking at a few conferences coming up. So, Dr. Davis, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Absolutely. And thanks for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, leave all your messages, do all the fun stuff, share it. And thank you for tuning in to a Healthy Point of View podcast.